Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRP. And joining me once again is the sublime League Freak. You can find on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going well. I wasn't expecting sublime. Well, you know, I had to mix it up a bit. <laughs> I was worried I was going to fall back to glorious again. I went, there's got to be more words. It has to be, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's... Uh... Some sort of book. It's not like a dictionary. Uh, I don't need that. I've got the words in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent. I'm I'm a uh, yeah. I'm I'm a really good person with lots of really creative words. Excellent. As as that sentence just proved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rocky start. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's push um, through this. We've got plenty of stories that have come out today in the new, well, not just today, but in the last few days. Yeah, um, a bit of a breaking story as well, which will, will, it's cool that we can cover it so quickly. Yeah, let's let's dive straight in. So the yeah. uh, the NRL has um, struck a deal for a $250 million lifeline from a group of London banks and financial institutions, um, which is giving the game some financial breathing space and also a bit of leverage as negotiations with Channel 9. Um, pretty big news. It is a line of credit. Um, there'll also be some support from the federal government, I believe. So this is going to help the NRL look after clubs who may be struggling a bit more as well. Yeah. Um, it also means that the NRL doesn't have to lean on Channel 9 for some early release of funds or whatever it is from the TV rights deal and the like. Uh, so it puts Nine in a bit of a precarious position, I'd imagine. Yeah, because now, I mean, Nine was really trying to hold a gun to the game's head and saying, look, we control the burst, uh, some of the purse strings anyway, and we're not happy with the the situation that we're in. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to basically do what we say. Well, while they've been doing that, the NRL's gone out and, and got this money Um now it's interesting that they've they've loaned this money against future earnings, but I think a lot of places are doing that right now, um, including the government. So it's not extraordinary. It's not something that's unprecedented. It's what a lot of big companies are doing. But what this really does is it it takes any threats from Channel Nine off the table, because the game does have this money to use now to shore up lost income from this year and it's going to more than cover the lost income from from this year which is fantastic and it'll help the game through next year as well if i was channel nine i would be a little bit deflated knowing that the nrl secured this deal and on top of that that fox sports is really kind of behind the NRL saying, man, we just want any footy to come back. Um, so this is great for the game. It's a reasonable amount of money. I think it's a serviceable amount of money. Um, I wonder what the term of the loan will be. I, I guess when you get to that sort of um, amount of money, maybe that they would be looking at quite a long-term loan, but well, I, I'm not sure. According to this article here that's uh, where the story is broken in The Australian, uh, it says here, the money will be secured against future income the sports receives, including broadcast and sponsorship revenue under contract until at least 2022 rather than a particular asset. Okay. So it looks like it's only going to be a, a three-year loan, really. Yeah, that's interesting. Although I would guess that they would... I wonder if the NRL... I mean, that's a lot of money to pay back that quickly. You're looking at just over $80 million a year. Yeah, I wonder if there is maybe a thought amongst the NRL and its clubs that they're going to have a renegotiation of maybe what the salary cap would be. I'd be surprised if that was the case because I don't think the Players Association would be on side with that. Um, it's an interesting one. I'm I'm glad that they've secured those extra funds. I just yeah. can't imagine that they're going to pay it back within three years. I feel as though that maybe the way the deal is going to be done, because they know the next TV deal is going to be huge, no matter who it's with. Maybe that's what they're banking on. Is it just the first year of the new TV rights? Right? So let's go, right, we're just going to soak up a huge amount of that 
money there. Instead of giving everyone massive increases, mm-hmm. um, we're just going to hold it all in and just pay off this debt as quickly as possible. And then we will probably look at expanding in the second year or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so no NRL clubs will, should be, I'd imagine, expecting an increase in the salary cap or the club grant for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and look, if I'm the Players Association, I think about my members getting uh, their basically, I mean, if it's not their entire salary this year, it's going to be a big chunk of it. Even if they do a deal with the Players Association that says we're going to pay out 80% of what players are, are owed, that's going to be something that they can pay back on that loan, that extra 20% they would have given to players. Mm. Um, and if you're the Players Association, you say yes to that deal because you're getting 80%, whereas you're only, what would they get, 35% or something like that, as it stands right now. It's a, I think it's a good move. I think it's a really good move. And I like that the NRL, instead of being, uh, as I said, held to ransom by a broadcaster, they've gone out and they've said, no, we'll, we'll sort this out ourselves. And now the, the, the group that's kind of out on its, on its ass a little bit is Channel 9. Yeah, so the makeup of this uh, of this loan, it suggests that the NRL will receive $100 million to start with and they'll have a further $150 million to draw down upon if needed. So if we're talking $100 million, and they'll probably try and stick it as low as they can, Yeah. then they should be able to clear that in three years. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's way, way more manageable. Um, and I, I guess being able to secure the extra $150 million if needed, <clears throat> that allows them to uh, for, that allows them to look at if next season is affected as well. I guess as well. Yeah. So for all this talk, I need to bring this up. For all this talk that the NRL doesn't have an asset, which the Daily Telegraph was pushing mm. um, before their somewhat about face when Channel Nine decided to have an attack on the NRL as well. Um, I said all along, they do have an asset. It's the game. And yeah. right here, that's been proven with banks saying, yeah, that is a, an asset that you can use to borrow a quarter of a billion dollars against. Yeah, at future earnings. <laughs> yeah. Pretty straightforward, really, isn't it? That's um, an asset. I, yeah. So, on top of that, I would suggest, and I talked about this a little bit before, the asset that they've built up with their NRL Digital, which as we talked about in the last episode, is worth so much more money than they've spent on it. Is it, it, you know, I mean, these banks have obviously looked at the NRL's books and said, man, they're good for it. Yeah, it almost makes you think that maybe Todd Greenberg and the people at the, at the NRL and the RLC are pretty much doing a pretty decent job. Yeah, exactly. Um, I see Peter Volandis has got his face all over the... The uh, article, um, I'd like to see him do something. I've, I've knocked him a fair bit, but you know what? I'm still going to give him a crack. Come out and actually do something. Show us what you're doing, because oh, it seems to me like this has been something that the NRL has organised, not something the IRLC did. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like... It's an interesting one. There was a lot of talk that Todd Greenberg wasn't involved in the talks between the ARL and broadcasters. I and I tend to feel I get that feel, and I, it's based on nothing, right? But there's I just get this feeling that maybe that's what Todd Greenberg was working on, and Peter Valentis would obviously know about it. Like he hasn't, yeah. he hasn't blindsided him or nothing. I wonder if they've done it together on purpose. Mm. Because this would this move would blindside Channel Nine. Um, Fox Sports seems to be more in the camp of like we want rugby league to be back. Rugby league is important to us. Uh, we we're open to renegotiating any TV deal, but we're also not going to threaten you like Channel Nine did. It's kind of funny what's up with with Fox Sports because it was only a week ago we were talking about how they had, you know. Economic mastermind Joey Lalua on there. <laughs> um, you know, they had anybody on there they could mm. hang on shit on the NRL. They had the, the whole saga about, you know, 
the NRL not being transparent with its funds and they're spending, you know, so, you know, so many tens of thousands of dollars per day in this sort of garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, they were genuine, you know, attacks on the NRL. But all of a sudden, as soon as Channel 9 pops up and, and comes out with a similarly stupid attack of their own, mm-hmm. Fox Sports goes, oh, no, 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 NRL's doing a good job. Just calm down. They're like, fuck, that was a quick turnaround. It was, and I think that there's two reasons for it. I think, number one, it was just because Channel 9's attack was so transparent, you couldn't ignore it. That's the first thing. And I think the second thing was, and it's become clear now in another article that came out in Channel 9's newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald, that Channel 9's basically looking to use the coronavirus and the pandemic to try and renegotiate their television deal with the NRL. And that would have a big effect on Fox Sports. So what happens right now is Fox Sports shows every single game live and they simulcast the games that Channel 9 shows on Foxtel Live at the same time. Channel 9 isn't interested in doing that anymore. Channel 9 just wants to show Friday night football and Sunday afternoon football, but they want exclusive rights over those two. And so if I'm the if I'm Fox Sports, which is News Limited, which is the Daily Telegraph, I'm I'm pretty upset by that because that that is a big change. Like if Channel Nine wanted to just change their part of the broadcasting deal and it didn't actually have any effect on Fox Sports, they might not have said too much about it. But the fact that Channel Nine wants to renegotiate this whole deal, which still has a few years left on it. And they want to screw over Fox Sports in the process and make sure that Fox Sports has less content than they negotiated to have. I think that that is going to put Fox Sports right out of joint. And I think that's why we've seen News Limited come in as full force as they have. And it's kind of weird to see Channel 9 and News Limited going at each other while they're both negotiating with the NRL. And all of a sudden, the NRL comes out and it's like, hey, we've got 250 million bucks we can now source that has nothing to do with you two. And guess who's in the driver's seat now? Mm. It, it was very, very um, intelligent, maybe cunning sort of play by the NRL. Uh, it was very good. Tell you what, mm. some, I'm looking at some of the uh, the articles on the Daily Telegraph website about this. Mm-hmm. And you can see when you compare them to the Sydney Morning Herald one, the just how just how this is playing out in the media again. So the the Sydney Morning Herald have got Channel Nine outlines vision for preferred NRL future. <laughs> Channel Nine wants to pay and broadcast less, but are willing to provide for longer as part of discussions with the NRL. Sounds somewhat like. There's, you know, it's, it's got a, a somewhat positive sort of inflection on the way it's reported. Yeah. And the Daily Telegraph says, no, I want to wipe the NRL from 2020 broadcast. Yeah. And look, that's something that was, that was even in the Sydney Morning Herald article that I read earlier. I think Channel 9 doesn't want there to be rugby league this year. I think that's pretty clear. Mm. Um, it's going to save them $100 million plus dollars. And I think that the fact that the NRL is looking to go ahead with plans, and look, we've seen Channel 9 is, I don't even think during Super League, I mean, there were some attacks from from News Limited against the ARL that were, they were vicious, they were full on. I I think that these ones are at least on par with them. You know, they've been vicious. The problem with these ones is they're, they're very obvious, they're very vicious, they're very clear. Yeah. But they're also a bit um, hypocritical. Very. And, the, you know, the other thing is, too, at the end of the day, if ch- it doesn't matter what you who you like in the game, who you dislike, who you think is running it poorly, whatever. None of those people are going to turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, the better the better deal is just to not to play rugby league again this year. Like even the old hags that bag the NRL every single week on Fox Sports, they don't really want the game to not be played. 
No. And so you've got Channel 9 just on its own. I mean, we, we know that for Fox Sports, having NRL played is beyond critical, not just for Fox Sports, but for Foxtel in general. Yeah. So they're, they're like, they're going to be saying any football, just give us something. We'll take anything at this stage and we'll, we'll negotiate it from there. But just get up and running as soon as you can. If Channel 9's on the other side and they're saying, well, we're not sure you should play footy again this year and, yeah, it'll save us 100-plus million bucks and we want to, going forward, pay you less money but for longer. Man, Channel 9's really between a bit of a rock and a hard place here because at the end of the day, if they the NRL... Uh, enforced a, a legal term, and I think it was, I can't remember the name of it, but they enforced a legal term that happens if there's a natural disaster of some sort or a pandemic that stops them from being sued in the case that they can't play games. Mm-hmm. So they've enforced that. Uh, so it's not as though the broadcasters can now take them to court because that's part of the contract that they signed that they could enforce this this clause. But if Channel 9 decides that they they don't want to honour their contract once Rugby League starts up again, the NRL can take Channel 9 to court. And if the NRL has this money backing them and they take Channel 9 to court and they can also resell Channel 9's part of the rights to one of the other, you know, Channel 10 or Channel 7, this really screws Channel 9. Channel 9 up. Are in a bad place now. Yeah, Channel Nine are trying to lowball the NRL, and given the package they've got, includes Grand Final, Final Series, State of Origin, um, as well as you know, Primetime Friday Night. I don't know if that's the sort of thing, given how much um, publicity they get out of that, and how much advertising revenue they get out of those games and how many eyeballs they get on their channel for that. I don't know if that's something you want to try and lowball with because I dare say that the, I think it's CBS back Channel 10, will probably look at it and go, we'll take it. Yeah, and I mean, Channel 10 is is in a terrible position. I mean, just the fact that they're owned by CBS is the only reason they still exist because Mm. they were going out the door and CBS come in, bought them cheap, and uh, they run them on the cheap, quite honestly, and that's fair enough. They don't generate enough money to do anything else. You bring in, you know, the highest-rated sport in Australia, and even just state of origin alone, the high, the the biggest entertainment property in Australia. Um, you know, you've got the you can have the lead into a six p.m. news bulletin on a Sunday afternoon. That alone is something. Sets up your whole prime time Sunday night. This is the other thing, though, about this deal that might might pique the interest of CBS, and that is, um, there's a fair chance that if the if this game, you know, if NRL goes ahead in May as it's as it's planning to, and still bugger all sport around the rest of the world, the NRL will be being relayed via Fox into the US. Mm-hmm. And that market is going to have rugby league as its only major sport to watch. There's going to be a lot of yeah. eyeballs on it because there's going to be a lot of people wanting to watch sport. And they'll turn in and watch it going, let's check out this thing because I need to see something. And if that gets starts to get some good ratings there and people start watching it, CBS might go, we need to get onto this. Yeah, and look, if they've then entered into a... Because they would have entered into a deal with Fox Sports at that point to simulcast games together... Mm. as Channel 9 does now, it's not a huge step to say, well, look, let's do something in our US market because we're both desperate for content in the US market in terms of uh, having sport of some sort on. So, yeah, um, wow, it's a big, big development. I'm so glad that it has happened before we started podcasting because I think if we had a podcast and and this had happened afterwards, it kind of makes, it changes everything. It changes oh, absolutely. absolutely everything. Absolutely. The, the ball is now back in the, the court of the NRL. Yeah, they basically get to sit down with Channel 9 and say, we've got a deal with you. You either 
you know, you you go through with this deal, I will take you to court and we'll sell what your part of the deal with the backing of Fox Sports to another free-to-air broadcaster. And let's see how you do when, you know, Channel 7 or Channel 10 is showing State of Origin. Now, I've got another story for you here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read you the, uh, the, the byline, I guess. Okay. It's from the Daily Telegraph. That was from four hours ago, so it's also another sort of new one. Um, rugby union could turn to the NRL to save their game. Rugby Australia will have their greatest rival to thank if the latest radical proposal to get the struggling 15-man code back up and running comes to fruition. But the left-field plan may not be enough to save Raylene Castle. And my question to you is, we're not even going to bother reading this article, what do you think the uh, radical proposal could be that Rugby Union has up its sleeve that involves the NRL to save their game? I, I know what I would do. Right, which we've talked about before. The yep. NRL takes over rugby union basically in Australia and runs it, but it takes over the running of it. Basically, becomes the rugby, and you know, in quotes, uh, organisation in Australia. My guess is what they're proposing is the old "let's play the kangaroos versus the wallabies" bullshit that no one actually wants to see. <laughs> is that what it is? No, I don't know. I just okay. thought I'd throw it out there. I'm not going to bother clicking on it to find out what the story is. Yeah, that's that's my guess, is I that just... they're looking at that. But, look, if I was Rugby Union in Australia and I look at the way that the NRL is now this juggernaut, you know, they've just been able to loan $250 million. They've been able to loan a quarter of a billion dollars. Rugby Union in Australia could not do that, Okay. If I'm rugby union in Australia and I know I'm not going to win the battle for juniors, very rarely am I going to win the battle to get an elite player to stay in Australian rugby union over Australian rugby league. And then I'm losing any elite Australian rugby union players overseas as well. I wonder if you've got to look at it. You've got to at least talk about it, maybe in very whispered you know, around the corners of buildings, you got to say, what if, what if the NRL just took over and funded us fifty million dollars a year? You know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Um, it's it's really interesting. They they could do a. We'll go for a little quick journey here down uh, down history. Mm-hmm. They could possibly look at doing a Kangaroos v Wallabies one-off game. Because they did play four games in 1909, mm. and it was tied to all. So you could argue we need a decider. <laughs> it's been 110 years without a, without knowing who won the series. We need a decider. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know, yeah. The the problem is they'd lose. I think that they'd lose playing with rugby league players, playing rugby union, you know. Um, and, how, and, how, how would you do it? Let's, let's, sorry, of course okay, let's have argue some, it. Okay. Let's have some. So this is the way I do it from rugby league side, right? If So say Mal is going to be the coach. Mm-hmm. I would, if I'm Mal Meninga, I get in, I get in a couple of actual rugby union coaches and then I look at everybody that's in the Australian rugby league system that's an Australian player that has a rugby union background, and they're the players I select. Yeah. So yeah, there might be some, like I think, say, on the wing and things like that, like a Josh Adokar you wouldn't worry about, you know. I think a James Tedesco at fullback you wouldn't worry about, that sort of thing. I think being rugby league, being the, the sport that's in the far dominant position... I'm getting a lot of my rules anyway, and if the rugby union doesn't like it, they can go, you know, go jump. So yeah. I think a lot of it would be in rugby league's favour in terms of the rules and stuff anyway, but um, in terms of the players that rugby league would use, even if you're just playing rugby union, you'd get the you'd get 
you know, people with rugby union backgrounds and like heavy rugby union backgrounds as well. If we're playing league, I'd just pick the best team and, and they'd win by, oh my goodness, they could win by 70, 80 points. Should they play one game? Or would you have one game of league and one game of union? I think that broadcasters would say, what's better than one? Two. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, and, you you know, you might end up with a drawn series if you go to two, so we might as well have a series of three. But then, <laughs> yeah, what would the third game be, though? Half and half? Andrew, Andrew. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> okay. No, look, the, the thing where it falls, fall, falls down, if they went down this route, is... Uh, Rugby league doesn't need to do it, you know, and and rugby union would be desperate for something. I think the big problem they've got, and I, I haven't said, I know that the rugby union in Australia has just come to an agreement with its players over a pay deal. Now, I haven't looked into that. Uh, it's only just happened tonight, I believe. Mm-hmm. But the rugby union players were looking to be able to get out of their contracts for 2020 and to take up contracts in other competitions. Now, the fact that there are no other rugby union competitions around and the only rugby union competition or rugby competition, sorry, that looks like it's going to start anytime soon is the NRL. And we've seen Quade Cooper has been in the paper recently saying he wants to play for the Parramatta Eels. He's not going to get a place in the Parramatta Eels. I'm very sorry, Quade, but um, he's out saying he wants to play rugby league and fulfill a lifelong dream. And fair enough, you know, that's what, you know, he wants to do. Um, can, I put, can I hit you with a poser? Yeah. You've got to pick between Clint Gutherson and Quade Cooper. I take Clint Gutherson 1,000 times out of 1,000. That's good. I take long-haired Clint Gutherson. I take shaved-haired Clint Gutherson. What about, take, um, what about weird facial hair, Clint Gutherson? Weird facial hair, Fu Manchu, Clint Gutherson. I take uh, one hand tied behind his back, Clint Gutherson. I take Clint Gutherson on half pace. And half pace. he's already half pace. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I can't see which team's going to sign Quake Cooper. Um, it, it would have to be something like... Um, Say, part, of the, part of the problem, too, is he's not going to come, you know, we're, we're not even going to get into criticising the way he performs or anything like that. We're going yeah. to have a situation where he's not going to come to the game expecting to be paid $100,000 a year. He's going to come across expecting to be paid top dollar. See, I don't, I don't think he would, hey? I, oh, I think he would do. I, I feel like, I feel like, he he kind of knows that it's a chance to play rugby league, which he said he's wanted to do for forever. And I feel like he would take the chance and and take a I, look. I don't think he's going to take a hundred thousand dollars either. But I think if he started going over say two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which isn't a big contract for NRL players, um, I think clubs would start saying, "Yeah, wait, it's not going to happen." Yeah. Um, what else we got on here? Oh, <laughs> this is a good one. Mm-hmm. The NRL brings in top biochemical and weapons expert for season <laughs> restart. <laughs> now we we just did like a four hour pre podcast podcast. We had the lovely Julie on with us. She was great to talk to. Hey Julie. Hey Julie. Hey. Um. We had a really good rugby league discussion with her. I, I And during it, I said, this is like saying my family has the flu. So I've called in a fumigator to sort it out. That's basically what this is. It's, it's alarmism and sensationalism at its absolute finest. They've all it come really together is. in one ear. Yeah, I look... The only way I could see that it would have any sort of validity is maybe the person has uh, a background in decontamination. <laughs> like, that's the, the only dumbest, thing I can think of. The dumbest thing ever. It's so weird. 
some of the head how bad has the media been overall i'm not even just talking about rugby league i'm talking for everything oh, yeah. over the last say month it has been crazy i i sense though with the australian media and the coronavirus stuff mm-hmm. that they've been there's been dabs of alarmism but they're they're forcefully holding themselves back you can just see they want to go full moron yeah but they're just holding themselves back going, oh, we probably can't. You go, wow, the media's starting to get a little bit of a conscience. You know, I saw, you say that, right? I saw on a current affair today. Uh, hang they on. Was, they are not the media. I know. I was hate watching it, all right? They had a reporter that had parked a car outside of a closed um, op shop that people were putting stuff outside of. And... This reporter, I'm sure they taught this lesson at, at reporter school, journalism school. Um, he was yelling out his car window at someone putting stuff outside an op shop, saying, "That's illegal, you know. <laughs> You're in a, you've parked in a no parking spot too. <laughs> That's so bad. Socially responsible reporter. Oh, it was so funny, but yeah, the media's been terrible and. You know, if you're feeling down, you've got to turn it off. It, it's just, otherwise you get angry. I get angry watching it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the media, let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, Latrell Mitchell facing fresh contract saga at South. Now, who wrote that? Um, that was written in the Sydney Morning Herald. Okay. So it wasn't James Hooper, which was surprising. Yeah. He got um, scooped. Yeah, I think I think maybe uh, Hoops was probably still trying to figure out how balance sheets work. <laughs> now I'm now tell tell our listeners about that because I am just looking up because yeah I found it. Um, keep going. It says if the Rabbitohs need to make a call on the future of their star fullback who's played just two games for the club. Well, of course he has. He's only been there this year <laughs> for two games. Yeah. He's played every single game. <laughs> He's only played two games, and the game's been going on since March. What's going on? Um, so now the Channel 9 mob are, are sitting there pushing the, the James Hood ornament articles. Now, the good news is yeah. <laughs> Matt Logue, who follows me on Twitter. He's a good man. South Sydney agree to extend Latron Mitchell's contract. <laughs> <laughs> when was your article from? What time? Uh, I don't know. When. Let's see does, it have, does it have a time one there? Oh, man. That's brilliant. Um, it was almost two days ago. Okay. This was at uh, April 14th. It's uh, 7.06 p.m. That's so, lit- literally 24 hours after this one. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, they, it's crazy. It's so fucking crazy. Uh, I think we're going to see a bit more of this. One newspaper yeah. saying one thing, the other one saying the other. There was another one today which was about, I think it was a suggestion that the Sydney Morning Herald's Danny Widler had, had made that Wayne Bennett had been in talks with Nick Politis. Oh, yeah, I saw and, that. Fox Sports came out with, actually went and asked Wayne Bennett, and he said, no, I haven't spoken to him for, since 2006. And he went, I never thought I'd see the day when Fox Sports and News Limited were fact-checking and giving the actual correct answers to what was going on with the Sydney Morning Herald. What sort of obverse bloody universe is this? You know, it's really weird, though. Like, how do you, how do you screw something like that up? And, and because... Say you can talk to, you've got to either talk to Nick Politis or, or Wayne Bennett, right? And had, so how do you screw that up? Like, don't you ask one of them and say, did this happen? And they're obviously going to say no. Yeah. It's it's pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you, you don't report stuff on hearsay. You couldn't. No, no. But they're just mad. Yeah. Oh, God, that was funny, though. It was, it was. I th- I, my understanding was Wayne Bennett was not not happy. It, like, he was like, nah. You know? Yeah. You made it pretty clear it was a lot of garbage. Yeah, yeah. It, now, it's 
Sorry, go on. I was going to say, you finish what you're saying there. It's just, it's a very interesting time, isn't it? It really is. And now we've got two two major media outlets um, bickering at one another. It's weird. It's like, it's like the Super League war. It's like the very, very start of the Super League war when they started sniping at one another. But the game isn't being torn apart. The game is like never been stronger. Um, Maybe we could dub this the Super Journalist War. The Super Journalist War, please. I don't want to have to buy another fucking, you know, website address. <laughs> I only own fucking dozens of them. Um, oh, man. You ta- you remember when we bought those website addresses, by the way? Man, I'm paying for them now. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know what's really weird? When you read the um, reporting in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is owned by Channel 9, uh there'll be half-truths and stuff like that which get debunked by the NRL and, funnily enough, by News Limited. But then they keep... Their their subsequent articles just keep using those same lines Mm. like they're they're a fact when they're just not. So you can read through some of their articles and you can go, like, you know, three, four paragraphs deep and it's like, well, all of this stuff is is being debunked. You yeah, know, it's, it's almost like they found news limited secret plan on how to, how to produce your own content with actually doing any work. And they've gone, Oh, we should do this. Yes. Now this brings me, this brings me to the famous now field Gould interview on channel nine in which field Gould, the channel nine employee goes on channel nine to explain to channel nine, how Channel 9 is right and the NRL is wrong. And midway through the interview, he uh, he's asked about Phil Rothfield's uh, comments and he says something like, oh, I don't listen to anything he says, something along those lines. And so now Phil Rothfield, who had said Phil Gould's been a hypocrite, then responds back to Phil Gould about his interview on Channel 9 that was hitting back his article about Phil Gould, <laughs> agreeing with Channel 9, but he's now saying it on Fox Sports and News Limited. Now, you and me wrote an Inception article last year that was a piss take, right? Yes. Where we agree, where I, I agreed with Laurie Daly and he agreed with somebody else. Paul Green. Yep, and then then you wrote an article saying you agreed with me, and it was just like we called it article inception. This blows us out the water. Like we oh. could never have gone this deep. Yeah, this, this is insane. All I could think of when I, when I heard you explaining very perfectly how this is all going down, mm-hmm. just, it just it comes across like two old men in a nursing home fighting over the last can of baked beans. Yeah, and they really haven't liked each other for a long time, but they've been cordial at times when they've had to be, when they've met for, like, at the, you know, Werther's Butter Menthol tin or, you know, whenever. Over, and, a, dry, over a dry sherry. Yeah, yeah, having a, they've gone up for a sherry at the same time and they've been, you know, courteous, kind of like, remember Seinfeld's dad? He was always yeah. courteous with people. Yeah. What's no? You know the bet. Oh, you wouldn't know this. Um, on Wolf of Wall Street, where the guy's dad, <laughs> he sits down to watch his favorite TV show, and when somebody rings just as it's starting, he gets up out of his chair and he's like, "Who the fuck is calling right now?" And then he picks up the te- telephone and he speaks with a posh accent and he goes, "Oh, hello, Gene. Yes." Yes, very well. How are you? Just that sort of thing, you know. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, there has been some some sad news in the rugby league world. Not nothing traumatic. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit sad. Um Brayton Astor has revealed he underwent a coronavirus test after feeling a little bit sick on the eve of the Easter break, and he said it was intimidating and uncomfortable. Yeah. Let's just have a, a moment's thought here for Braith. Now, first of all, 
I gotta say something. Well, first of all, let's have a moment silence for break. Okay. That's long enough. Yeah. Now the first thing is when they do this test, right? Mm. They get a cotton wool bud, and to be fair, it's a long one. That's what she said. And they put it right. It is. They put it right in the back of your nose. Oh. Oh. <laughs> they wiggle it around, right? And it's it's uncomfortable. It's does very it, uncomfortable. Does it touch your brain? No, but it feels like it. Like it goes back. I've heard it explained that it goes far enough back into your nasal cavity that it's like back as far as your ear. Okay, so it goes in deep. Right? Okay, that's what she said. Now, my first thought was that any female that's listening to Braith and Nasta complain about something going that far inside their head is thinking, shut up, Braith. Grow up. Yeah. Poor Braith. I mean, he, he had to buy his own Gatorade, his own strapping tape, and now he's had to have a Q-tip put in his nostril. It would suck. It's It's been a hard life for Braith. Braith and Nasta's got a fair-sized nose too, like... Like, Although it is, I mean, it is conducive to to a good um, coronavirus test because it is nice and long and straight. Yeah, did he? He never got his nose broken, did he? Nah, he got his face smashed in by David Kidwell once, didn't he? Uh, and then they got penalised for being punched. It was, no, it wasn't David Kidwell. It was um, oh, who was it? It wasn't Kidwell. Oh, I, I could see the dude's face. Oh, who was it? Ah, any, but yeah, that was, man, that was a classic moment in, in the game and kind of crazy too, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like if it had been any other player, people would have been up in us because of the Braith, people would just sort of go, <laughs> that's funny. I remember, I remember when that happened. I actually liked Braith and Nasta. I think Braith and Nasta, first of all, I love his commentary. I think he, I, as no, a, don't, don't get me wrong. I think he adds great comedic value. He yeah. just doesn't realize it. I've always said, Brian Noble was good at sat- satire, but Brayton Astor's right up there, right? Um, and he's the highest point scorer for a single game in International Rugby League's history, equal highest point scorer. Um, so he's one of the greats. Yeah, but yeah, he is. But, yeah, man, he was, he was intimidated by a, a Q-tip. Yeah. Uh, no surprises there. Do you reckon you could intimidate someone with a Q-tip? Only Brayton. But just say, right, okay, here's a question, because I don't like going to the dentist, okay? If, say, they put you in a dentist chair and strapped your head down to that chair and they come at you with a Q-tip and said, we're going to put this right down your nose, that'd suck, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that's not how they do this test. I'm sure they just say, look, this is, is going to suck, and then they shove it into your nasal cavity. But yeah. it's still, I, I don't think I'd call that intimidating. I'd just call it uncomfortable. Yes, for a few seconds. Yeah. As I said yeah. before, so, man, you wouldn't yeah, want to be in a foxhole with him. You'd say, okay, Braith, you're at the West Tigers for a few years. This is only going to take a few seconds. You've been through worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you had to buy your own strapping tape. I'm sure you can handle this. Anyone that's had to buy their own Gatorade. Yeah, they've done it hard in life. Really have. You can remember the back in my day stories of Braith Life to Tell. (laughs) I had to go to the the corner shop and had to deal with people saying, hey, aren't you that bloke who used to play for the Roosters? And, And then I had to, like, use this money stuff to, to buy drinks and stuff. I should be getting it for free. I'm both fucking Anasta. <laughs> and the kids are going, oh, poor grandpa. we worse than any war story you'll ever hear. I reckon so. Tears. He'd be shaking. His voice would be quivering. Anyway. Uh, what other news we got here? Yeah, we have the two dinosaurs bitching about one another. Um... I don't think there's been too much. There was something else I was going to think of. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nick Politis was 
has suggested that if the comp is to restart, then the first two rounds should be wiped. Oh, that's right. Um, um, I'd like to say to Nick Politis, no. Yeah, and I look, I don't think... I, I think that they've looked at every scenario, as we've said a, a few times, and I think that that was shelved pretty quickly. I, I, there was really only Nick Politis in the game that was interested in going down that, that road. May and, I ask you a obvious question? Yeah. If the Roosters had won their first two games of the season, do you think Nick Politis would still be pushing forward with for that same uh, uh, same request? No. There you go. I think that sums <laughs> it up pretty clearly. <laughs> um, what else have we got on here? There's not much else, really. Paul Kent has come out and said it's time to play league and not politics. Um. First Paul Kent said that? Yeah, first oh, time for wow. everything. Um, it seems like Paul Kent has decided he wants to see rugby league again because I think the last time he, he saw any rugby league was 1990, probably somewhere around there. Yeah. When he played it. Yeah, it was a good time though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, it was a time. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. It's like all of the all of this all of this has been look, if you wanted to take like your rugby league fandom off and you took a step back, you'd say, Man, this has all been very entertaining. I think the interesting thing that has come out of all of this is that and it's something that people need to remember. The game has never been stronger. The game has never been as well funded. The game has never been in a stronger position as it is now. Um, it's And it's kind of crazy that we're seeing so much, and I can't think of any other word than propaganda, to try and um, talk down the administration of the game. And look, we're the game's administrator's biggest critics, you and me, right? But at least we will focus on something and say, we don't like this happening and this is why. There's a lot of just fluff and bullshit being chucked out by the media right now about the administration of the game and even the, just where the game is health-wise. Um, and it's quite extraordinary to see it. And the interesting thing is that even in a time when the game isn't being played and it's, it's not able to generate money, like a lot of other businesses it's still in a much stronger position than it has been at many other times in its history. Absolutely. It's, it's what baffles me so much about people wanting to um, hate on the NRL and how it's been run for so long. Mm. Um, it's, it's just utter madness. Um, hopefully, we do get to see a big shake-up in the TV rights. Mm-hmm. And it would be very, very interesting to see what happens with Channel 9. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I would be surprised if they're in a slightly worse financial situation than has been made out because, you know, as we discussed in the pre-episode episode, uh, you know, Channel 9 has given away Test Cricket, which I had for so long. It was a huge thing for them, and in return took up a two-week tennis tournament. Mm-hmm. I bet they'll probably get really good ratings for those two weeks, but it's not several months that Test Cricket was, and they probably saved a lot of money in the process. Um, and same again, if if they lowball Rugby League, they're a real chance of losing it, and maybe that's something that they want to do because they don't have to spend the money anymore because maybe they need that money for us, you know, deal with their deaths. This is just speculation. It's not based on fact. I'm just, you know, hypothesizing, I guess. Look, I can see from a business side of things, if you got to a point where your year is in tatters anyway and you can save a hundred and something million, I think it was 120 million that it was said that they could save. I could see where you might make the business decision that that's the way to go. But mm. when it's at the at the expense of a contract that you've signed, uh, you know, and it opens you up to litigation, I mean, 
man, it's a risk. And it, especially if it opens you up to litigation and at the same time opens you up to competitors taking some of your prized content at a time when content is just so valuable, so, so valuable. It's not a risk I'd be taking, you know. No, but Channel 9 aren't exactly behaving in normal fashion. And I'm not just talking about now, I'm talking about in the last few years. Toronto I test cricket, that is huge content. And it's possibly the only major content that's worth watching um, on free-to-air TV during summer. True. And I'm, look, and they gave it up. They just were so, you know, they gave it up meekly, which was kind yeah. of weird to me. And especially seeing, I mean, they were they more than being a rugby league station because they've never been a rugby league station. They were always the cricket station, you know, That's for right. years. And, years. Um, and to give it up the way they did uh, was was kind of a little bit of a shock. But then you could say, look, you know, it's not over the ratings period and crickets have been coming a little bit fractured and things like that. I also wonder about the demographic demographics that cricket hits on. I, I, I think when you look at the sport in Australia, I, I, I question the demographics that it hits, but you know, and rugby league, there's people say things about the demographics of rugby league as well. But man, when you've got, you don't, when you're when you have like the top of the top five most watched shows, four of them are rugby league. The demographics go out the window. Everyone's watching it. That's right. You know, so I I just can't imagine any TV station saying we don't want that this year. It's if that's not what you're into, what is your business? Exactly right. Um, do you think Channel Seven would take? rugby league on given they've already got AFL and test cricket uh, I I don't know that they'd have the slots for it if they if they had the, the time slots that they could have it on I think they would but I just don't think they'd have the time slots available and I would Ooh. suggest that AFL has it pretty much locked in that they've got to show their games live on their main channel in Sydney Friday nights and, and whenever else they play. I don't know when they play. I don't well, care. Well, I mean, they've all got these other you know, subsidiary channels now, but most of the draw is dictated upon by what the TV networks want to put on there. So if Channel 7 said, right, if you can have an NRL game on Friday night, just one every Friday night from 6 till 7.30, 8 o'clock, we can then have the rugby league leading to the AFL. We have AFL going to kick off at 8, 8 p.m. And so that would just change the way the NRL would work, I dare say, and what times they kick off. That's an interesting one. Um, look, I guess if once the season, if, we, if we're putting together a patchwork quilt season from here on in, right, if we're playing each other once, or however it's going to happen, you and me tend to think that they'll play 20 more games or there or thereabouts. Um, you've got the ability to mix up your time zones and stuff like that. Um, if you need to come to an agreement with a new broadcaster, I think Fox Sports will just be like, write us down for what we, we usually get, right? Yeah. But in terms of you, you've got a Thursday night game, which is Channel 9. Uh, you've got the Friday night game which is channel nine you got the sunday night game uh, uh afternoon game which is channel nine i guess you've got the ability to play with when that sunday afternoon game kicks off and because we've we're looking for the most money i could see where maybe channel seven says look we wouldn't mind that game at six thirty. and at, at this point for rugby league you're not playing in front of stadiums anyway it's 6 p.m on a, a, a sunday night you'll take it right uh, the Thursday night game, they might say, look, you know, what if we had that on after it's Sunday night? What if we had that on, you know, kicking off at 8.30? I think everything's on the table. So if Channel 9 couldn't fulfil their end of the, the contract, I think everything is available and, you know, it's really, really interesting. And the NRL's in the driver's seat. They certainly are. Through good management. 
Yeah, really, really good management. And this this loan deal, man, that's a smart move. That has really put the pressure on Channel Nine. I I, I really do. I think that Fox Sports has been has been pretty chilled through all of this, and they're like, man, just get footy back on, and we'll worry about it later. Channel Nine's been an agitator, and it's it's time for them to settle down now. Yep. This is uh this is gonna be an interesting week. It really, really is. I'm really looking forward to it. We it's funny by this time next week we could have talked about four different scenarios and we might be saying, and rugby league is on SBS <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be fantastic. Ah, can you imagine leading yeah, the Iron Chef. Oh, yeah. that's so bad. And then it could lead into Iron Chef as well. Just have Iron Chef either side of it. Iron Chef Rugby League Edition. Just have a, a Rugby League Iron Chef sandwich. That would be brilliant. That, In fact, that's just the perfect night, if you ask me. Imagine the cross-promotions. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're just content kings. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, um, have we had any emails? No. No. Okay. Uh, any shout-outs? Shout-out to Julie. It was really nice talking to her before. We had a really good uh, discussion about rugby league clubs and um, who was the best club in the world. It it ended up being the Salford Red Devils. Uh, We used a very, very... uh, We actually ran the algorithm past you. It was pretty good, eh? Yeah, that's that's all on... uh... (laughs) That's all on Julie's head. (laughs) 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 Um, and so yeah shout out to her um shout out to my patreons it's fantastic (laughs) i know salford red devils you know yeah uh shout out to my your patreon yep uh patreon.com slash league freak is my patreon go and have a look at it just go and have a look at it that's all i'm saying just go and have a look at it uh any Money that I get from that goes straight into website hosting, my email hosting, and podcasting equipment. So, what's your? Tell us about your Patreon. Yeah, mine's uh, patreon.com slash RL Project. Um, it's pretty much paying for. <laughs> essentially, the goal is to be able to work on Rugby League Project full time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's at a point now where that needs to happen. There's yeah. so much work that's coming into that website. Um, we've got some some New Zealand provincial results are going to be coming in soon, and that's going to be the precursor to a whole heap of club games in New Zealand being added to the website over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole, you know, every single club game in England is also going to be added as well. Um it's going to more than double what's currently on the website as far as number of games on there goes. So huge, huge amount of stuff. We've actually got at the moment now over a thousand teams in the database. That's crazy. Uh, so there's just so much work on there. Um, so and that's the thing. We're not, we're not putting parameters on it. So it just keeps going wider and wider and bigger and bigger. And we'll just let it keep going. So, yeah, the ultimate goal is to get paid a standard enough monthly wage so I can pay my bills and feed my family, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And run the website too, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, get on there and you can donate anything from as low as a um, dollar a month to, you know, anything you like. Yeah, and like get on it. It's uh, a great service for rugby league and and one that we really need for the game, I think. Yeah, I'm finding there's plenty of people using it at the moment. The uh, hits are going through the roof, so... Oh, really? That's awesome. People are a bit bored. Hey, that that reminds me. Um, go and check out leaguefreak.com. I put up a article, and it was titled, This is Where the NRL's Money Went. And I, I linked up all of the, um, the annual reports on there. It got a lot of traction. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic from that one. It's probably the best, uh, the the most well received article that I've written for a while, and it, it felt like the the first time I've really sat down and 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 written an article that uh, 
I guess is a one of my articles that where I I'll grab a coffee, I'll smash it, and I just sit down and, and type out like a crazy man. I haven't done that for quite a while now. It's probably been about a year or so since I've done that. So check it out, have a look at it. Um, I went through some of the questions that have been asked in the media and tried to answer some of them. So I think you'll enjoy that. Absolutely. We should actually add that into the, uh, the show notes, I guess. Oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we say we. We all mean you. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that right now. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, check those out. Uh, check us out on Twitter at FergoFreakPod. Uh, also on Instagram at FergoFreakPod. We're on Facebook. Um, yeah, you can contact us over there if you like to. Um, Twitter's where we always are, so you hit us up on there whenever you like. Drop us an email at... Uh, Podcast at leaguefreak.com get into that send us some emails we've been reading them out so you know you've got nothing better to do with your time at the moment you're stuck at home wants want something to do send us some ideas of stuff you'd like us to talk about perhaps yeah and uh what we might do too coming up is uh when we'll do this through twitter we'll uh i'll, I'll post a tweet up before on the day that we're going to record and we'll get you to send in uh questions so don't do that yet until you see the tweet because we'll just read the replies to that tweet um so yeah that that'll be a good little bit of fun absolutely um i suppose on that note thanks for tuning in everyone um yeah we'll catch you next time